What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Hope everybody had a nice holiday weekend. Thank you to everybody that sacrifices for this country. You know, I hope it was a nice Memorial Day. It's always kind of, you know, I don't really know how to phrase it. You know, you don't say happy Memorial Day because it's in memoriam, but I hope that, you know, everybody took a chance to think of those that sacrificed for us, and I hope that you guys got to spend some time with your loved ones. Always nice, uh, even if, you know, the, the context of the day is a little bit solemn. We've got a pretty loaded episode today. We're going to dive into Chandler Jacobs, the D2 transfer that recently flipped from Texas Tech to CSU. This guy's a baller, man. He is a walking bucket. Really excited to talk about him, what he can do for this team from a spacing perspective, how it might impact the roster, all that type of stuff. Also going to talk about AJ Ott, who recently finished up his historic career for CSU men's golf. Uh, shot an even par at Nationals, really, really respectable. He's going to be a hell of a pro. CSU football, the women's soccer team, they have a new head coach. Going to dive into her background a little bit. And then we're also going to talk just uh, very briefly about some expansion rumors, some AAC expansion rumors potentially involving CSU, San Diego State, and Boise State. So I'm going to dive into that. Uh, I imagine we'll talk about that throughout the week. I'm going to try and get some different perspectives from uh, just some of my buddies and media on there. I think it'll be a, a fun thing to kind of talk about, but it's it's going to be a loaded episode today. Before we dive into all of that, sure, you're probably hearing how great the mortgage rates are right now. Mike and Virginia, they're not just your typical mortgage company. They've got phenomenal rates, but really what makes them different is Mike is a certified financial planner. He looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small family-owned company, so you'll always feel like a person, not a number. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you'd like to give somebody a call directly, call my man Mike up at 970-412-2472. Tell him Justin from DNVR Rams sent you. Or again, you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about Chandler Jacobs and hoops today and then the expansion stuff, but I wanted to start with the news, and that is that Keeley Hagan has been named head coach of the CSU women's soccer program, a Tennessee alma mater, recently uh, coached at the University of Texas as an assistant since 2011. They were able to reach the NCAA tournament four times during her tenure there. She also coached at Tennessee for three years. She was a professional, former captain of the under-19 U.S. women's national team, so she's represented our country on a global level. But really, you know, what stands out the most to me about her is just her background. She's obviously coached at the highest level, coached in the SEC, played at the SEC, coached in the Big 12, led teams that, you know, reached the NCAA tournament. She's also played professionally in the U.S. and abroad. You know, that that kind of stuff translates really well. I think when you've been there, done that, it just helps you understand the players on a different type of level. You know, I think it's kind of what... You know, I think of Ali Farokmanesh on the men's basketball team, for instance, you know. 
he understands what these guys are going through. He can relate to them. He's been there. He's lived that. And recently, I, I, I liked that, you know, Joe Parker was willing to go out and, and you know, kind of make a bold hire. He, he said in his press availability with us a couple of weeks back that, you know, head coaching experience would be preferential, but not necessarily a prerequisite and that they would be open to all kinds of people. And, you know, he kind of alluded to the fact that he wanted to find a coach that had a a professional playing background and they were able to go out and do that. Now, you know, regardless of what her background is, what's ultimately going to determine if she's able to have consistent success at Colorado State is if she can, you know, establish local roots and take advantage of the, the plethora of talented players that come out of the Centennial State, establishing those recruiting lines, that's, it's going to be massive. And, you know, I imagine having Tori Ball, I assume, stick around as an assistant coach will, will kind of help in that, in that transition, but it's going to be really important for her to, to be able to tap the, the talent that comes out of this, this lovely, lovely state. Here's a quote uh, from Keeley from the press release. Again, shout out to Austin Hannon, the assistant director of communications for CSU Athletics. Does a tremendous job. I want to thank President Joyce McConnell, Director of Athletics Joe Parker, and the search committee. My husband Matt and I are excited to join the Ramley and the vibrant community of Fort Collins. It is an exciting time for our young program to reach new heights. It's time to teach, motivate, and inspire our group to pursue excellence in every facet. Just a little background info, during the 10 years that she was at Texas, they averaged 10.2 wins per season for a total of 92 victories. As I said before, they reached the NCAA tournament four times, including the Sweet 16 in 2017. That was the program's first appearance in the Sweet 16 in over a decade. Um, In the nine seasons she was there, she aided in the development of five All-Americans and five student-athletes that went on to play at the professional level. So again, she has helped guide people and lead them to success on a national level and then ultimately a professional level. She is, according to the release, a defensive-minded coach. And that definitely shows because during her time at Texas, they had 69 shutouts in 173 total games. That's really, really impressive. Here is what Joe Parker had to say on her in the release. We are excited to welcome Keely Hagen and her husband to Colorado State, and we are thrilled that she will be our next head women's soccer coach. When we began this search, we knew we wanted to identify an individual who had been highly successful both as a coach and a player, already talked about that earlier, someone who is passionate about the growth of our students on and off the field, and someone who is prepared to take this program to the next level. Keely Hagen checks all of those boxes and more. Along with her coaching accolades and all of the things that she accomplished for the U.S. women's under-19 team, including a, a gold medal at the World Championships in 2002 and a gold medal in the Nordic Cup, she was on the national team for the Algevir Cup in Portugal back in 2007 and competed for a roster spot in the 2008 Olympics. At Tennessee, she had 65 total points in 89 games, all of which are starts. She still ranks in the top 10 for all kinds of stuff. Matches played, matches started, minutes played, goals, game-winning goals, shots on goal. She was a beast. Multiple All-America honors, four-time All-SEC selection, two-time SEC Defensive Player of the Year, and a two-time Soccer Buzz Central Region Player of the Year. 
On top of everything she did on the field, she had academic All-SEC honors four times. So, you know, she she definitely talked the talk and walked the walk. Hopefully, you know, she's able to bring that same type of mentality to the CSU women's soccer program, which, you know, can kind of be a bit of a sleeping giant. I'm going to move on here and talk golf and AJ Ott, but I'm going to end just with a quote from Texas women's soccer head coach Angela Kelly. Kiwi has championship pedigree. She demonstrated that as a player, and after spending 12 years as my assistant, I know that she is more than ready to demonstrate that as a head coach. Colorado State women's soccer is getting a tremendous leader and an even better human being. Colorado is home for Keeley's husband, Matt, and Fort Collins will be adding a wonderful family to their community. I am happy and proud of Keeley and wish her nothing but the very best in her head coaching career. You know, I imagine we'll have some type of press availability with her down the line, and, you know, then we'll I'll kind of be able to talk about what kind of impressions I get from that. But just based on her background, based on what people are saying about her, seems like a really, really solid hire. I like that they went with a former player. I just think they're able to relate. And I think it's just good to get a new perspective in there. You know, it's, it's been Bill Hempen's program since the offset, and he deserves, you know, quite a bit of credit for setting the foundation. Obviously, you know, there's there were some controversial stuff that happened during his time, you know, got investigated for conduct. There are, you know, kind of rumors that he was, you know, not the easiest guy to play for at times. Regardless, you know, obviously it's not easy to start a program from the ground up. What he was able to do, uh, ultimately becoming the coach of the year in the Mountain West in 2019, leading leading them to a, a banner year that all is worthy of praise. But it's a new time. It was time for some change. It's a new era. And I'm pretty excited to see what, you know, Keely Hagen can do, I think. Think she's a good hire, and I'm excited to see what that program is able to do. Let's get them a, you know, a stadium down the line. They obviously have a really nice playing surface, but this is a program that I think can just continue to grow, and that's really cool. All right, let's switch it up and and talk about the action on the links. AJ Ott, he wrapped up his historic career at the NCAA Championships in Scottsdale, Arizona, over the weekend. He was competing in a school record 150th competitive round for CSU, ended up shooting an even par of 70 on the final day of the 2021 NCAA Men's Golf Championships, ends his career as it was, you know, throughout the entire time, just very, very consistent and impressive. His 66th career round of par or better, I mean, that's that's so impressive. <laughs> Here's a quote from him uh, via the press release, courtesy of John Martin, the Assistant Director of Athletic Communications. I was just trying to go out and enjoy my last round as a Ram. I shot myself out of the tournament the first few days, but today was a new day. My family, girlfriend, and coaches helped me stay positive this week. Although I didn't have my best, I was determined to have some fun out there today and enjoy one last round of college golf. You know, he didn't he didn't perform how he, how he was hoping to throughout the week. But it, it was cool to see one of the best to ever do it at CSU go out, you know, on a on a better note. You know, it's kind of like when a quarterback, you know, has had a historic career and, you know, maybe they don't make the playoffs his last season, but he's able to end, you know, with a four touchdown victory. You know, that was kind of what A.J. Ott was able to do in his final round. Uh, head coach Christian Newton had this to say on him. He had a much better day. It was awesome to see him put his game together. He was in complete control 
and it was an awesome way for him to end his career. I mean, just looking at his insane list of accolades and CSU, the athletic department, did a nice job of putting this together for everyone. He was a 2019-20 All-American, three-time NCAA regional participant, three-time All-Mountain West selection. Martin Laird is the only other person that can say that. He's obviously went on to do some pretty nice things. Two individual wins, uh, ranks on the top 15 in career top 5, top 10, and top 20 finishes. He's just been so consistent. I mean, they're renaming the program's most improved uh, player award to the A.J. Ott most improved player award. That was a bit of a tongue twister. Um, But the Fort Collins native has just been so solid, so consistent. And it's really cool to see what he's been able to do. Here is a final quote from him, courtesy of that press release. I'm very blessed to have spent five years at CSU. I've learned that everyone here will support you to no end and the lessons I've learned with my coaches and teammates will last a lifetime. I can't wait to watch the guys next year under Coach Newton and Parker. I've said it many times before, but I'm very grateful to him, Newton said. He's helped us build a foundation of what real hard work looks like and what you can attain by doing the right thing. I've raved about AJ quite a bit in the last couple of weeks just because there haven't been, you know, very much... There just hasn't been a lot of sports action going on in, in Fort Collins or the Mountain West as a whole. It's kind of a dead time, and it was fun to have him. And obviously, you know, we're going to be rooting for him as his career goes. But it's just worth repeating, like, what he's done is so rare. It's it's so insane to be so consistent in a sport that just requires, you know, such, like, mental fortitude. You know, you can't it's – not, it's not for people like me that – are just going to throw a club or something. I, you know, fully admit that I I don't have the composure that it takes to be a good golfer. And I I wish I did. I I really wish I did. I want to get into golf so badly, but an incredible career, a cool way for him to wrap it up. I'm glad that he got to go out on a high note and we obviously wish him well moving. All right, we're going to move on and, and talk about the AAC expansion stuff and basketball. Before we do though, we have to shout out Solace Meds. That's right, we partnered with a premier dispensary for you guys to get some smoking hot deals with. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. For the month of June, they have got some absolutely insane deals. 15% off all gold shelf concentrates. You can get 20% off all of Juana tinctures and tarts. You can get 25% off all Blues Brothers joint packs, 25% off all Dixie products. They're also doing weekly vendor pop-ups in June. So whether you know you want concentrates, edibles, Keef Cola, you know, you name it, flour, joints, pre-rolls, they've got it all. If you head into the Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20. Get 20% off your entire order and free stuff. I mean, who doesn't love free stuff? but make sure that you guys use the code DNVR20. I've recently been hitting up Solace Meds for all of my needs, and I cannot recommend them highly enough. They've just got an awesome variety, great customer service. You can order online, head to solacemeds.com, order online, pick up at your convenience, use that code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire order. I also want to shout out DraftKings Sportsbook, which is not only my favorite sportsbook, it's America's top rated sportsbook. 
I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all of the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, my brother, my cousin, we're all making money on this. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits right now. All you gotta do, pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, if that team wins, you get $100 in site credits. Easy as that, simple as pie. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, you know, if you wanna bet against the Rockies every day and make a little bit of money. The hockey, bet on the Avs as they, you know, make their run throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. UFC, NASCAR, you name it, you want to bet on it, they have the option. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If they do, you are going to claim $100 in free credits. That easy. Again, with the promo code DNVR for a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, new customers only. Wagers paid out in site credits, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we're talking basketball. We love that basketball. Let's talk Chandler Jacobs, the... Division II transfer out of Dallas Baptist University, who has been announced as the latest addition to CSU men's basketball. They now have filled all of their scholarships. They are ready to go. This team has so many scoring options. And let's just kind of talk about all of it. Um, From the press release, we're excited to add a talent like Chandler to our program. Nico Medved said he has the ability to score and defend at a high level, and he's a tremendous young man. Comes to CSU with one year of eligibility remaining. He was an All-American his senior season at Dallas Baptist, averaging 20.8, 7.4, and 2.7. Uh, also had two and a half steals per game. He was the Lone Star Conference Defensive Player of the Year, Academic Player of the Year, and first team all Lone Star Conference honors. Led the Patriots to a 17-5 record in their fourth consecutive NCAA tournament bid. There wasn't really anything that he didn't do for this team. Shot 44.5% from three, uh, scored in double-digit figures in all 22 games, had four double-doubles, 54 steals, which was the second most in all of D2. Um, He set a season high with 32 points and went over Oklahoma Christian. He had 13 points with 20 or more points last year. Absolutely insane. Um, I mean, I can go on and on. He's the program's all-time leading scorer four-time NABC All-South Central Region selection, four-time All-Conference selection, and like I said, he was the Defensive Player of the Year and an All-American last year, his senior year at Dallas Baptist. It kind of came down to CSU and Texas Tech also had a lot of interest from the University of Wyoming. At originally, you know, announced that he was going to Tech, you know, makes a lot of sense. He is a Dallas kid from Texas. Opportunity to represent them made a lot of sense. But it sounds like, and again, I don't want to put all the, you know, his business out here, but based on what I've heard, it kind of sounds like that relationship soured. Um, the the coaches on the Texas Tech staff weren't exactly honest with him throughout this recruiting process in terms of who they were going to bring in, what that was going to look like. 
and he made a decision that was best for him, and he's going to come to CSU instead. The Rams obviously have a lot of juice right now. They're you know, kind of expected to be a top 25 team, should contend in the Mountain West Conference, all of that stuff. I will say, man, a lot of ugly stuff from Texas Tech fans online just being like, you know, tweeting at him being like, oh, you don't want to compete. Like, you know, you're a loser. We don't need you anyways. That's such loser bullshit, man. I, I absolutely hate that stuff. Don't ever do that, guys. If somebody leaves CSU or if somebody is committed to CSU and they decide they want to go elsewhere, be a grown up. Like, can't can't we all just be a little bit mature about this? And uh, it's just so annoying. And on top of that, like I granted, I know what went down behind the scenes, so I have a little bit more inside information. But I just thought it was a I thought it was an ugly look by these Texas Tech fans. And I'm really looking forward to Chandler Jacobs coming here and balling out because I think it's going to be, you know, a sour taste in their mouth and a sour taste in Talvin Hester's mouth, who's obviously an assistant on that staff after dipping on CSU. So they stole our assistant coach. We stole their division two all American. Honestly, that's a trade that I'll take because this guy, he's special. I mean, you, you pull up the videos and it's hard not to get too excited. And obviously like you have to take the, the level of talent into consideration. You know, he's not doing this to D one players, but I'm not going to act like what he did out there was not insanely impressive. I mean, you shoot 45% from three at that high range volume. I don't care who you're playing. That's freaking impressive. If you're a four-time all-conference player, that is impressive. If you are the all-American, if you're the defensive player of the year, all of that is impressive. All of it is going to translate. And I just think that it's going to be so great for CSU to have another versatile scoring option. I mean, I think it gives you so many different options with how you can space the floor you've now got multiple guys that can run the offense I think you know obviously Isaiah Stevens still going to play like 35 minutes a night but you have you know another guy who can facilitate who can create opportunities and you know maybe help create some catch and shoot opportunities for Isaiah Stevens that's something I've talked about throughout the offseason I think would be great for this team if they could just get him two to more two to three more looks a game where he doesn't have to create for himself, you know, where he doesn't have to create a contested three-point shot off the dribble and they're able to just get him something open in look and in rhythm. And having somebody like Jacobs that can space the floor, that can facilitate, that's lethal from three, that takes attention from the defense, but also can jump through the freaking roof and get to the rim. I mean, it just puts the defense in such a tough position. That's not even getting to, you know, David Roddy, who's obviously going to do his thing in the post. I just think this team is so freaking versatile now. I get that they have so many guards that it's going to be kind of interesting to see how they decide to do this. And that's one of the things I've been asked a lot on Twitter is what does this look like? You know, how does this impact the starting lineup? I think there's a couple of different ways you could go. It it honestly would not surprise me if Chandler Jacobs starts. That's how high I am on his potential. But obviously, if that happens, you're going to have to move somebody who's played a lot of minutes over the last couple of years to the bench. To me, Adam Thistlewood being a six man makes the most sense. And I struggle with that because he improved so much defensively. He's been such an important leader for the team. But I think he's selfless enough that he would understand it. You know, he would take it in stride. He's competitive. I, you know, these guys want to start. It would, it would be a little bit of an ego bruise, probably. But he would obviously still be a good teammate. He's one of those guys that's all about what's best for the team. And ultimately, I think 
you know, having him be a three and D guy off the bench could be very conducive to him, you know, get him six to seven less minutes a game. He's still going to play plenty. You know, you still want him playing, you know, 25 minutes a night, but if he doesn't have to play 30 minutes a night, he's going to have fresher legs. He's going to be more impactful defensively. And I think it's going to help his jump shot, which, you know, at the end of the year, he obviously went through that cold streak. And I think in it, I just, I think he had dead legs, man. He played a lot of minutes. He had to do a lot for this team and it catches up to you. You could also move Kendall Moore to the bench. Um, I don't know if that move makes quite as much sense just with what he does. He's obviously uh, such an important factor for this team defensively as well. I don't know. I just I think his role, he makes more sense kind of keeping in the lineup and then sliding Jacobs in. But you could move him in. I, I don't know how he would take that. Um, but you have a lot of different options or, you know, you keep your starting lineup the same. And then you just have another versatile scoring option off the bench and Chandler Jacobs to come in and, you know, help John Tanjay just bring some electricity to the lineup. And shoot, I mean, I just mentioned all these guys. John Tanjay is good enough to start, too, guys. Like all of these guys are good enough to start. They're they're all going to play a ton of minutes. They're all going to serve important roles. It's just going to be finding that balance. And there's probably going to be a little bit of give and take from the staff and the players. You know, it's going to take a little bit of configuration it's a lot of it is going to come down to you know how these guys look in camp but I mean I I think Isaiah Rivera is going to play a big role for this team next year I think Baylor Hebb is going to come in and you know play some crucial minutes and you know who knows as far as the freshmen you know Jalen Lake and Jalen Green these guys depending on their health and you know how they're able to defend it's it's a little bit different than a couple of years ago you know if the if the Jalens were coming in three years ago I'd expect both of them to play quite a bit it's obviously a much different situation now. This team is expected to be a contender. They're projected to be in the top 25. And you have a roster just stacked with veteran guards ahead of them. So it's not quite the same situation, but it wouldn't be shocking. I mean, there's just so much talent on this team. And it, it's really hard not to get your hopes up because when I look at everything that's in place, when I think about the growth we saw last year with everybody coming back, I mean, how do you not expect them to contend for the NCAA tournament and, and, you know, win a game or two, not just make it, but, you know, let's make a run. You know, obviously so much can happen in the course of the season. You got to stay healthy. You got to win tight games. Like, I I don't want to put unrealistic expectations on this team, but the talent is there. And I believe in Medved. I believe in his vision. I believe in what him and Ali and, you know, even the assistants that left, what they have built, I believe in the foundation. I just, it's all there, you know, it, it's it's all there to make a run. I'm going to do a, a written piece where I kind of cut some film and, and really break into Jacobs and to emphasize just kind of with some visuals what he can bring to the table. But God, man, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm so ready for college basketball season to be here. I'm excited for football. Don't get me wrong. I'd I'm absolutely dying to be back in Canvas Stadium and see Trey McBride on the field and Toby and all these dudes, but I don't know, man. Basketball season can't get here soon enough. And I think that's probably clear. I mean, I've been talking a ton of basketball this summer, even though football season is coming up, but I don't know, man. We're a little bit of a, it's kind of a hoop school right now. It It's at least leaning that way. And you could say the same thing about, you know, Colorado and, and Northern Colorado. All three of those programs are in a really, really good place objectively better places than the football program. So, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for football. I think it's going to be fun. And I think they've got 
a lot of pieces to be excited about as well, especially defensively. Dante Wright is a generational type receiver. You know, Trey McBride, he's incredible. I like a lot of it, but man, basketball. I'm all in on hoops right now. But, you know, kind of speaking of something that's relevant to the context of CSU football and CSU basketball, we have expansion rumors. Uh, There's an article posted that links the AAC and a potential aggressive expansion plan, you know, and that plan would include a a Western portion by adding Boise State, San Diego State, and Colorado State. Now, let me start by saying this seems unrealistic, doubtful to me. I mean, I I would love it. I think it would be good for CSU right now. Um, If CSU were to leave without Wyoming, I would hope that they would keep that rivalry intact, just given that it's the longest continuous rivalry played west of the Mississippi. I mean, other than, you know, like World War II, that's the only time that those games haven't been played over the last, like, hundred years. So that's one of the most important rivalries in all college football. I know that so many people... You know, they, they the CU-CSU thing, and it matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but I just think that the Wyoming rivalry is cooler. I, I think it matters more, and you can't change my mind on that. What makes college football special is the tradition, and that's one of the coolest traditions that there is. You know, the border war, how they run the boot across the state line, even the trophies. One of the coolest trophies in all of sports. I don't even think that's hyperbole. Because it has the unique backstory, it has the ties to both programs, it just looks cool, it's aesthetically pleasing, it rules. So I just wanted to throw that out there, you know, if, if CSU were to leave without Wyoming, I would hope they would keep that alive. Um, I would rather see an expansion where CSU and Wyoming go together. I just like that rivalry, I think it's fun. I like the history of it all, um, but you know, I think this would honestly be good for CSU. You know, like I said, I don't really see this happening just because I haven't really heard anything on CSU's side. Uh, BJ Reigns, who covers Boise State, has, you know, kind of shut down any AAC expansion type rumors on the Boise State end. I haven't really heard much on San Diego State, despite the fact that, you know, they have a lot of success. San Diego State doesn't really get a whole lot of media coverage. I mean, the local paper, Mark Ziegler, does a great job, but I don't know. It's weird. There's a weird lacking voice of San Diego State online. Even so, though, you know, they'd obviously be a desirable target for expansion. They, along with Boise State, you know, considered joining the Big East way back in the day, back when that was still a thing for football as well. I don't know. I mean, you know, the Mountain West has just kind of been stagnant the last decade or so. There was a time where I think that the Mountain West was clear and you know, by far and away, the the premier G5 conference. And I still think that there's a ton of talent in the Mountain West, but when it comes to national perception, the American is just more respected right now. I mean, you see it in the way that the rankings play out. I mean, you have obviously Houston and what they were able to accomplish and make a Final Four run in basketball. Central Florida, UCF, they've done some great things over the last five years. I think they're corny as hell and their whole like national championship branding thing was one of the lamest things I've ever seen, but there's no denying that they've been, you know, nationally relevant in the college football landscape over the last half decade. Cincinnati was one of the better teams in the country last year. I, I actually am really excited to see what Cincinnati does this year. Desmond Ritter coming back at quarterback. 
it's just a really fun conference. And I think I think it would be good for CSU to make a move because as as high as I am on teams like Nevada and you know, even it was cool to see San Jose State make a make a jump. You know, the the reality is the Mountain West just isn't getting the attention, the respect that the AAC is. So if you had an opportunity to join and kind of take the best of the best from the Mountain West and add that to the AAC, you know, that would be a pretty respectable conference. There would definitely be some logistical hurdles. I mean, I just thinking about travel alone, like San Diego State to Florida, or I mean, even Colorado to Florida is not exactly, you know, it's not an easy trek. It's not like going to Albuquerque or, you know, Logan, Utah. It'd be a significant jump in spending, but you'd obviously be making more money from the TV deal that the AAC has. And long term, I think it would just be best for for C for CSU and, you know, all of these teams. Again, like you'd have to figure out some complicated stuff. You'd have to figure out all the travel. You'd have to figure out like what do the divisions look like? How do you, you know, break all of this stuff up? But top to bottom, if you had San Diego State, if you had Boise State, and then you add it, you know, to to Houston and UCF and, you know, they've added Wichita State from a basketball conference. You know, I basically I basically just been talking football here, but from a hoops conference like that would be sick. Wichita State, Tulsa has been really good of late. Houston is obviously tremendous. You're adding three of the best teams from the Mountain West and CSU, Boise State and San Diego State. I mean, that would be a hell of a conference. Shoot, at the very minimum, like maybe some rumors would at least, you know, light a fire under the the Mountain West to go out and do something, man. Make yourself more relevant. And and I know that's easier said than done. I think there's sometimes some criticisms that are unrealistic or unfair from the fan base, but ultimately I get it. You know, they you've had a lot of premier members, you've lost quality teams like BYU and TCU and and Utah. I mean you keep those three members and the Mountain West is. I mean, it's it's arguably better than the Pac-12. I mean, is it not? You don't have the brand recognition of like USC and UCLA, but in terms of consistent success and what the teams have accomplished over the last 15 years or so, I think it's at least a fair argument. But, you know, no matter what happens, the reality is you just can't afford to sit around and do nothing, whether you're CSU, whether you're the Mountain West, Boise State, San Diego State, all of these teams. You have to do whatever you can to position yourself to be in that group whenever, you know, I think college football as a whole is going to see some type of shift in the next decade or so when some of these TV contracts expire. But some schools are going to be ready for it and others are going to get left behind. And, you know, if you're a team like CSU, if you're a program like Boise State, like San Diego State, that's invested heavily in athletics, you have a good argument. You've got solid TV markets. You've got solid location, all of that stuff. Good schools. Well, San Diego State and CSU, at least. Boise, not so much, but they've got the athletic success. You got to do whatever you can to be in that group of haves and not get left in the have-nots. So I don't know. It's going to be fun to, to kind of keep our eyes on it over the next couple of months. I don't see any type of major change happening before this season, but I guess you never know. Stranger things have happened. and. <laughs> I don't know. It's just fun to talk about and fantasize about, if nothing else. Like, it doesn't feel like that long ago where it, it seemed realistic that CSU had an opportunity to get into the Big 12. And who knows, you know, how realistic that ever actually was. But 
you know, Tony Frank did make that pitch. It, it, I don't know. It, it's, it had a shot, you know, it had a shot. How big of a shot? That's tough to say, but that now that just feels like forever ago, you know, it kind of feels like the last four or five years, everybody's just kind of accepted the fact that CSU is doomed to a life of mediocrity in the Mountain West. And I hope that's not the case. So I hope the Mountain West does something to improve its profile. If not, then I hope CSU finds a way to get out and go somewhere where it positions themselves for, you know, future success. Because at the end of the day, that's that's where this all is heading. It's an arms race and you better be ready when it takes off. If you have your thoughts on this situation, tweet them at me or comment on the post and I will respond to them in the coming days. I'd love to get a little bit more interaction on here and, you know, maybe introduce a a mailbag type segment. That's something that I tried to do when I very first started the pod. It was probably a little bit ambitious of me because I didn't have, you know, an established following at that point. But, you know, if you listen regularly, regularly and you do want me to talk about something or you have a question you want me to address, send it my way. You know, you can email me at justin at the dnvr.com. I'll always respond, you know, unless you're, you know, saying something hateful or whatever. I mean, if you want to send something mean, that is your right, I guess, but may not be like, thank you. Anyways, uh, thank you to everybody that continues to support it. We've got uh, some fun stuff coming up. I've got some fun guests this week. I'm going to get Colton Strickler of DNVR Rugby on here, and we're actually going to talk about some of the connections that CSU rugby has to the national scene and local scene and beyond rugby's really grown in Colorado. Colton and I actually went to CSU together. So we'll also kind of talk about our experiences, you know, coming up together at the collegian, you know, what our favorite memories on campus were all that fun stuff. It's always cool to just kind of reflect, go down, take a stroll down memory lane, if you will. And then I'm going to have my guy, Sam Mastin on here again, a former Colorado 5A Basketball Player of the Year, transferred from Northern Colorado to Northern State. And uh, we're going to be talking all kinds of stuff, uh, specifically starting with all of these fans in basketball arenas acting a fool, man. It's like the the pan- we're coming out of the pandemic here. It's not over yet, but we're kind of transitioning out of it. And people forgot how to act in public. We got people throwing water bottles at players, fans trying to get on the court, people throwing popcorn. Um, you know, I'll be I'll, just before we go here, I kind of thought that the reaction to the popcorn stuff and Russ was a little bit blown out of proportion at first. But the more that this goes on and just the more bad behavior we see from the fans, I mean, I kind of get why the players are just sick of it. Like, yes, you know, there is no NBA without the fans and the fans do matter. But at some point, I mean, it's just bigger than you, you know, learn how to act. Don't be throwing stuff at people. That's that's how we end up with the malice at the palace. And honestly, Again, like I, I feel like, you know, Russ is going to be fine. Is is the popcorn going to injure him? No. But if you throw popcorn at him and he comes into the stands and he beats your ass and he punches you in the face in front of all these people, that's on you because you were acting like an asshole. You know, like just go cheer, boo. I love heckling. Heckling is a part of what makes it great. But there's a line and you just you don't throw things at grown men. You, you don't throw things at anyone. It doesn't, you know, you just. It's, it's really that simple. Do unto others as you would do unto yourself. I don't think I said that right, but you know what I mean. I don't know. It's just disheartening to see. It was one of those where I was like, I was so excited. And I hope we don't have a bunch of issues with that come college football season. You know, a bunch of. It only takes a, a few bad apples to kind of ruin it for everyone, you know. 
a couple of people do something and then all of a sudden we get completely different guidelines and I don't know. Just act like an adult. Is it really that hard to ask? Anyways, we'll be back with more content throughout the week. Make sure that you guys comment, subscribe. If you could leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would appreciate it. Got a 4.5 rating. Want to bring it up if we can. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be